Sonic Interventions, a podcast by Intervening Arts. Hello and welcome to our Sonic Interventions podcast. Today we're recording at Blueprint Studio in Johannesburg, South Africa. My name is Laila Zami and I'm delighted to welcome our guest, Sky Dladla. Molweni. Molweni. Sky Dladla is an internationally renowned South African instrumentalist, percussionist, marimba maker, singer-songwriter, and ball instrument maker who graced the stages from Mozambique to Brazil. She grew up in Guguletu, Cape Town, and graduated from the University of Cape Town with a diploma and an advanced diploma in African instruments, as well as a postgraduate diploma in music performance. Sky founded her own marimba band, Black Roots Marimba, at the young age of 19 years. She later went on to learn more instruments, Uhadibo, Nyunga Nyunga, Mbira, Jembe, Chitende, and Kayombe. Today she leads her own trio, and she also performs with other acclaimed artists, such as Zolani Mahola in The One Who Sings and Saki. And also the feminine force, right? Yes. <laughs> so welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Yes. So we'll start with, well, these multiple instruments that you play. You're a multi-instrumentalist, which means that you can create multi-dimensional sonic worlds with many textures and timbres. What is your relationship to these various instruments that you play? Um, so for me, because... I didn't initially plan to play this many different instruments. It all started with one instrument, which was the marimba. The marimba has smooth tones. It's a wooden instrument. When it also came to South Africa, it came via the church. So even the chord progressions that it would play and things like those would be chord progressions of church hymns and things like and such music and then it was integrated into South African traditional music. So the marimba was the first instrument I absolutely fell in love with. And because of its warm sound, I think that's what took me more than anything. Mm -hmm. And then I went on to learn about other instruments when I went to study African music at UCT. But when I learned about these different instruments... I learned about them at school, but when I took on the instruments, I always linked the instrument to an artist. So the reason I started playing these other instruments was because of certain artists that played them, such as the Nyunga Nyunga Mbira I started playing when I heard Chiwoniso play. Chiwoniso Maraire is from Zimbabwe. Right. Yes, she passed on. But when I heard her play and sing, I knew at that moment that I needed to learn this instrument. When I heard Umakulumato Siri play Uadi, I knew mm. that I needed to learn this instrument. And I think it's to say it's because of 
what they carried, how they carried the instrument and what the instrument themselves, how they play, how they sound, Mm -hmm. for me became my idea of what or how I saw myself, how Mm -hmm. I envisioned myself within these instruments. Traveling from Zimbabwe to Mozambique to a guy called Machume Zango, staying with him as well and learning about the Chitende Mm -hmm. as well as the Nyunga Nyunga Mbira from him and the skill as well to get to a, a better level. So for me, it was a lot about taking in the skill and understanding the people that brought the music to my mm-hmm. eyes because I think without those people then I wouldn't have known or understood that there are such instruments to begin with. Sonically, the, what each instrument brings is something that's absolutely different. Mm-hmm. From the sound of a nyunga nyunga, which sounds like the sweetest, sweetest thing, the sweetest melodies that come out of it because it's made out of these nails that are flattened. Mm-hmm. So it, it for me, I put the nyunga nyunga as well as the kayombe, mm-hmm. um, which is from Madagascar. I put them in the in the oceanic, mm-hmm. like they, they for me they sound or they give me more of an ocean view mm-hmm. and an ocean sound. Not necessarily that they sound like the ocean, but I they understand. give yeah. that mm-hmm. wave, yes, of ocean waters. Mm-hmm. Um, and the marimba gives me a sound of joy. upliftment Mm -hmm. and joy and I think also being from the culture of then being in a marimba band for so long we use marimba music to bring joy so we Mm -hmm. perform marimba music at weddings Mm -hmm. at ceremonies at things that often bring joy as such hardly at funerals and Mm -hmm. things like those so it's it's that instrument for me that brings more joy it's more of a I would say a fire element mm-hmm. because it it just lights up mm-hmm. the room. It lights up any space. Any space you start playing a marimba, mm-hmm. the space will light up. So, yeah, these instruments do carry different feels and different energies that I think they, they provide for me. The different energies that I also give to the instrument. And a bow is more earthy mm-hmm. because a bow is, its sounds are... Are grounded like like Uadibo is the Kosa bow, is the official Kosa Uadibo, and it's also accompanied by a smaller one, which is the mouth bow Umkhobe. Those sounds ground very earthy from the calabash that when you're playing the Uadibo, it's either deep, and when it's deep, you're singing high because of the overtones that it produces the voices almost they mimic the voices or the tones of the its people of the Tosa people mm-hmm. 
So you can almost hear what you need to play or what you need to sing. If I start playing a bow, I can hear exactly what I need to sing from the overtones and things like those. And the mkhupe as well. It's got a, it's, you saw through it and it goes, uh, 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 which is very, you know, very grounding, yes. very, yeah, very earthy. So I think I get different sounds, different elements, different understandings of music from each instrument. That's just what I've gathered for as long as I've been playing them for myself. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yes. So talking about yeah, the Hosa people or the Eastern Cape, mm. in 2020 you had a tour. It was also about celebrating how indigenous vibrations, so talking about these indigenous instruments that you just referred to, how they traverse the sonic worlds of Amanghosa. Mm. At the same time, I hear very much also in your practice that it's anchored very much in a contemporary orientation, right? You're interested in mm. shaping new sonic possibilities. So can you tell us how tradition and innovation interplay maybe in your music? Mm. For me, tradition and contemporary, they both come together in my music in an easy way, in the sense that I grew up partially in the rural areas of Eastern Cape and partially in the urban city okay. of Cape Town, in the township of Kukuletu. So it's those two worlds always meeting and in the same sense now me playing indigenous instruments and then also put playing them in the context or in the contemporary world as well. And it's almost not easy, but it's fitting, mm -hmm. I would say. It's not something that feels far-fetched because growing up in Eastern Cape, I wouldn't say I was exposed to these instruments But I was exposed to a lot of singing, mm -hmm. a lot of drumming with the East Bajama, the, the bass, the Kosa bass drum. And I was exposed to, to that type of music and that everything, every ceremony requires singing. Mm -hmm. You just, you were just singing, singing, singing. So that's something that I grew up in. And then in Cape Town, at a very young age, at, I was in grade three that I started playing piano. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I didn't play it for too long. I played it for four years and eventually I started marimba and then it carried on. But I feel like I've always had these two worlds as a part of me, whereby sometimes they'll complement each other, sometimes they're against each other. So where bow music was played mm -hmm. and to try and recreate that time as our time now mm -hmm. where you find children playing mm -hmm. or you find young teenagers playing Amahati, Mekhupe because Umakulma Tuzini used to sit with us and tell us, used to tell us, you know, when we were young, we used to, yeah. when we we're getting sent to the shop, you would never leave your Mekhupe behind. Mm -hmm. You would be running to okay. the shop, but you're playing a song. Mm -hmm. So we would reimagine those types of stories and those types of times mm -hmm. where how about now? Could it be possible that if we promoted indigenous instruments enough, would it be possible to see them more and more and more around us? So that was the initial 
point of us going to Eastern Cape and doing that tour was just to show Eastern Cape and South Africa that there are these instruments mm-hmm. and we can do, yes, and we can do so much more mm-hmm. about them and with them. And more than anything, us doing this would mean that we get to preserve mm-hmm. these instruments as well for way longer because only in the past few years did they start coming back up again mm-hmm. and I'm not going to say it's because of us and, and and it's it's including us and it's including a lot of other people such as Sazitlamini, Ompo, Molekeng there's a lot of other indigenous mm-hmm. artists in South Africa but not a lot that people know about right. as well so we're also trying to get enough spotlight for people to see and understand the music and understand the instruments and then in, and then we could possibly see this world that we imagined mm. with all these indigenous instruments. From my side, it it was that. And then now bringing these instruments into the contemporary side of life, into the urban and the Western instruments as well, was something that was almost inevitable because of also the background that I have growing up at the site. Also due to the background that I have with marimba music, which is... Often, 90% of the time, marimbas are played in a band. Mm -hmm. So it's usually a marimba band. I grew up playing in groups. Mm -hmm. So I, not even a lot of groups, but two bands. I was a part of Ama Ambush at one time, and then I started Black Roots, and then I was in that band. Mm -hmm. So I've always been playing with people, and so I got used to that idea of playing with people. So to the point that when I started playing these instruments, which can be played alone, Nyunga Nyunga can be played alone, Radi can be played alone, as long as I'm singing or accompanying it with a voice or something, or shaker here and there. But, um, from that time when I started playing with these, it sounded like I still needed more because of what my ear was used Mm to. I thought, okay, if I'm trying to get this music also playing on the radio, creating that exposure for people to hear it, because sometimes people might reject the sound because people sometimes will reject something because they don't know it. So they don't identify the sound. So they'll be like, oh, what is this playing? Mm -hmm. 
But if it's accompanied by a bass guitarist, a keyboard and drum kit, right. and then but still have these instruments mm-hmm. leading these songs and all of that, then people are also able to grasp or take it in right. much easier. And that's what I learned. And then that's how I started my own Sky Dladla live band okay. because then I thought some pieces I play on my own mm-hmm. but if I do want to get people to feel how good it, this music feels to me I would love to accompany it with mm-hmm. other instruments so I work with string ensembles I've worked with brass sections as well and the standard which is drum kit mm-hmm. a keyboard and a bass guitarist and sometimes a percussionist but sometimes not because I'm also a percussionist right. so sometimes I play percussion in my own okay. it just wow. all depends on what's going on so yeah for me it felt like the right way to go infusing these instruments with western instruments mm-hmm. and also more than anything i learned music is about people mm. it's these instruments are just instruments if there's no one to play them <laughs> you know so and engaging with people hearing people's stories hearing people's songs mm-hmm. getting to understand people even more is what it when I started building a career out of it, that's what it became about. I didn't plan that that's what it would be about, but that's what it became about, which also helped me be able to put my stories onto my music, to be able to tell my story to other people and share my knowledge of these indigenous knowledge systems. That's what music is about. Yeah, and about time, I guess, because being myself a multi-instrumentalist, I can imagine you invest a lot of time (laughs) practicing all these skills. It's so interesting to me. It sounds like so a lot of your music, it's all about connection for you maybe, right? Connection maybe between different instruments that you play, between the instruments and the elements, between Mm. you and other people Mm. on stage or with the audience. And so talking about collaboration... I was going to ask you, because as we are recording right now, it is Women's Month in South Africa. Yes. Right? Uh, And you were just part of this outstanding concert, very special event that was called Phenomenal Women. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if you want to tell us a little bit more about that. What was the process behind it? Did you workshop some of the works with other women before? And how was the experience for you to share the stage with all these other powerful women? Phenomenal Women concert that was created at Nyrox by Nyrox and Art of Superwoman was an exceptional idea that was brought forward. I received a call from Ausdebza, who was the person who was curating the whole concert, letting me know about this opportunity and that this is happening. So it was a residency that we came together as 16 or 18 women from different places in South Africa. Yes, most people were from Joburg, but um, there was a few of us from different places. But it was a, a curation of... It, it made me feel special to some level because it wasn't... It didn't feel like, okay, it was just a concert where... Artists were just booked, whoever can play what. It it felt like being in that space, it felt like they chose the best of the best, Mm -hmm. you know. 
and also f- leaving out that notion of and the idea that we think that there's not enough women that play these instruments. Yes, there is not enough, but there are quite a lot of women that are doing amazing things in the music industry, playing instrumentalists from arranging whatever instrument you can imagine. There is a woman who plays it and who does an exceptional job at it. And we stayed together for four days at Nyrox at the residency house there. It was actually intense for like for the three days. Woo. Our brains were actually frying. You know, the the three days, so we were from morning until night, until like 11, 12 o'clock, we would rehearse. So from like 10 in the morning until midnight, we are workshopping songs, we are arranging songs and all these different things. So every single day we were playing and throughout that experience, as much as it was hectic because we were we played over as, as the instrumentalists that were playing, we would play our own songs and sometimes we'd be playing other people's songs. So we would be putting together other people's songs. So we played well over 30 songs that we brought together in three days. (laughs) (laughs) Songs that we've never, never, ever played in our lives, some of us. Mm -hmm. And it was really intense for quite a bit. But at every point, it felt so warm and so loving. Mm -hmm. It was very supportive. Mm -hmm. People weren't there to judge of, oh, what are you, like, how well can you play and things like those. No, it was a space where, we would create what needs to be created and then move from one song to the next, one song to the next. In between, we're still chatting, we're still engaging, we're still also getting to know each other. It was just a a very, very beautiful experience. And I think we carried out the concert very beautifully Mm. and it had such amazing artists that I think South Africa, sometimes we forget about some artists that have been huge artists Mm. of a certain time in South Africa, but we forget about them because mm-hmm. if it's out of sight out of mind sometimes so it was also bringing back those artists okay. so artists so it was like, intergenerational yes it was mm-hmm. it was really mm-hmm. intergenerational mm-hmm. at some point we were like uh, <laughs> I was like is everyone here older than me what's, what's <laughs> <Yeah>. going on <laughs> things yeah. like those but I didn't feel no one made me feel like I'm young mm-hmm. you know or I'm out of place because I'm young to the point that it's also led to a lot more collaborations and connections with those artists mm-hmm. that I've met now. So it had people like Tamara Day, Wanda Baloi, Notende, mm-hmm. which those were like exceptional artists right. in South Africa and huge people. So to bring it all together, it was a beautiful, beautiful concert mm-hmm. and a beautiful experience. I'll never forget it. I'll never exchange it for anything in my life. Mm-hmm. It was it was That's a beautiful wonderful. experience. Yeah, I'm so glad you could um, have this event for Women's Month. Mm. You also play with other women regularly. So, yes. Um, you're, um, you're part of the one who sings, the feminine force. Do you yes. want to tell us more about this? <laughs> what, what kind yes. of music is going on there? Yeah. So the the one who sings is Zolani Mahola. She's known as the one who sings now. And she re invented herself, reinvented her brand um, when she stepped out of 
Freshly ground. Freshly ground, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. So, and that was, I think, just to say that she wanted to put out her music because Freshly Ground was a group. And a lot of South Africans don't actually realize this, <laughs> that Freshly Ground is not just Zola de Mahola. It's a whole band. Everyone in it is Freshly Ground. And they have a certain sound and, you know, what we were used to and all of that. So I think the reinvention of the name or reintroducing herself as the one who sings was to say, I'm going a different route in terms of sound and I'm bringing in my own music and if then she would be identified as as Zolani Maola, then people expect that. And it's not to say people don't expect that now. People still think we are fresh to ground. (laughs) I I know they were very popular. It was the time when I lived in South Africa and I got to even yeah, accompany all them over in Germany. The world. So yeah, yeah, right. All over the world. Yeah. They were huge. So she did that and then recorded an album as well called Teta Mama mm-hmm. to introduce her new music mm-hmm. or her songs that she's been writing for all of these years. And then that started around 2017, 18, mm-hmm. where she was just figuring it out. And I think because... She was with Freshly Ground, which was a group of a lot of males. Mm-hmm. She wanted to get out of that space. So she was trying to work with women more at the time. At in now when the band now got created as an actual band in the sense that we we still we're performing Zolani's music, mm-hmm. but there's no substitutes for us. So the band is the Mm -hmm. band. So that's when the feminine force was created Mm -hmm. to say it's the one who sings and the feminine force because these people are always here. So you're co-shaping it together. Yes, and it, it... came to shape and then Shantae or was added onto drums and Ndombe onto percussion mm-hmm. who I also played with in Black Roots. So it became a six piece band now with everyone and then we also would now get our harmonies right, our texture of the songs and feel them and all of these things so that's how the one who sings and the feminine force was then established as a band band so we went and we recorded our first single this year as now the two entities which is the one who sings and the feminine force but we're all under Zolani. Mm-hmm. We're all doing Zolani's music. And it's not to say that she's not open to any other music. Mm-hmm. I think it's just that we came into it, it being her band. Right. We just followed suit. But she's opened up a lot of opportunities where mm-hmm. she's said so many times, you guys can bring in songs mm-hmm. if you have a song that you mm-hmm. want to suggest. Mm-hmm. Or at some performances, I could perform two or three of That's my right. songs. Yeah, mm-hmm. was nice. Jen would perform two or three of her songs. So we'd have times and spaces like those. Mm-hmm. She's also been exceptional in elevating my career. Mm-hmm. So because since I've met her, we've traveled to so many places together and she's never failed to introduce me to the right people, mm-hmm. to the people that she thinks could make things happen for me. And I think that's also the reason. So that's nice you have this community of women, whether yes. it was yeah, the other event you mentioned or now today, touring together. And I would like to end with asking you to come back to yeah your music in general. So it can be any form of music that you create either 
from you or with others, mm. would you define your practice or your work as a sonic intervention? <laughs> This question. From my experience of my music through other people, I would define it as a, a sonic intervention. But from myself, I wouldn't say I would have because it wasn't the reason that I was doing the music. It wasn't the reason that I chose the sound, the instruments, the everything. You know, those are the things that I I've discovered now through the music mm -hmm. that this is actually bigger than mm -hmm. me. It's bigger than the material things of mm -hmm. life and. It's about healing. It's about mentally putting people in a safe space, mm -hmm. mentally creating safe spaces for people emotionally and spiritually as well. It's not something that I can now deny and say, no, it doesn't have a sonic intervention because it does. And I've experienced it, but through other people, not through myself. Right. And I think because a lot of people, because a lot of people see me play certain instruments, so they see me play Ispadlama, the bass drum, which is often played by Izangoma traditional healers or they see me play um, which is a very spiritual instrument from Zimbabwe. It's an instrument which is the ancestors. So it's an instrument that can, in the right place, can evoke ancestor spirits. Yes. That's the so, one you brought? With you today? No, that's this is it's Another younger one. cousin. Okay. This is the <laughs> so maybe we'll get to hear it. <laughs> yes, this okay. is its younger cousin. Mm -hmm. So because I play those certain instruments that are markers to some people, people then think bring a certain type of music that is linked to spirituality, that is linked to religion or such things. And ultimately my music is but not by my own doing, you know. So because I sing my songs in Xhosa and I write my songs in Xhosa and more often than not, these songs just, they come to me and then I put them onto the music. I hardly sit and write down the music. So because of these things, people, when they listen to this music, certain things are evoked within them. So there's like the song that I have, it's called Ifele. song years ago and I performed it and I remember the first time I performed it someone who was going under traditional uh, Induaso they were starting to become a traditional healer so they were going through that process their spirits got evoked or woken up during the song and ever since that time so many people have told me that that song It brings up spirits. It brings up their spirits. I get this a lot to the point that even when I am performing it on stage, people get up into <laughs> their spirits, you know. And 
for me, that song had nothing to do mm. with that side of traditional things. It was just a traditional song that I wrote and that came to me. That was my understanding of it. But because of what I was seeing now and how it was playing into people's lives and how it impacted them spiritually, mentally, and emotionally as well, I started understanding that this music is definitely a sonic intervention. It's music that's definitely bigger than me. It's music that is coming through me. And a lot of artists say this, but I am honestly just a vessel of the music. And my job is to give it to the people and it's just coming through me. So I would definitely say the music on its own is seen as a sonic intervention or is heard as a sonic intervention. Yeah, it was never my plan. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah, it was so good talking to you in Kosi. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me.